this is the Paycheck to Daycheck Reselling Podcast. I'm Liz. And I'm Ashley. Together, we have been making money online collectively for over 10 years. Our mission is to help you start, learn, and grow a reselling business and to inspire you to turn your paycheck into a daycheck. The world is changing and we want to help you change with it. Welcome back to another episode of the Paycheck to Daycheck Reselling Podcast. This should hopefully be my last solo episode before Liz comes back from doing some traveling. Um, her and Casey are heading back right now from Iowa. Um, so I think next week we should be back to our regularly uh, scheduled programming and it'll be the two of us back together finally again. I miss her so much. Um, I did want to mention really quick before we get into today's episode, I mentioned it in the last episode. You'll probably only have a couple hours left by the time you hear this to apply uh, for this grant. It's the eBay Up and Running Grant. They did it last year, and I went into all the details about it in the previous episode. So if you didn't hear the last episode and you want to, I talked about it right at the beginning. Um, so go check that out. But the deadline is Friday, June 9th, when you're hopefully listening to this. And I've heard a couple different uh, times that the deadline is at. It's either 6 p.m. Eastern time or 6 p.m. Pacific time. I've seen two different sources and um, I haven't been able to confirm either way. So if you're going to apply for the grant, make sure that you have your application in well before. It's open to all U.S. sellers and basically you have an opportunity to be given $10,000 in cash and a few other things as well. Um, I don't know about you guys, but 10 grand, um, I could do some damage with 10 grand. That would be, that would be amazing for my business. And I applied, uh, the other day after I finished recording the episode for you all. I think it would be so amazing if one of you who, you know, watches or listens to the podcast uh, was one of the recipients. I just think that would be incredible. And we would love to interview you for an episode. So go apply if you haven't yet. All right. So let's get into it. Today's episode is the 10 habits of the top leaders in reselling. A lot of top leaders or entrepreneurs, they have more than 10 habits that they do all the time to help in their success. But I wanted to compile a list of the top ones that I have recognized from the people that we've interviewed, the people that are in my circle, the people who I've spent some time with and pass that information along to you. I personally do not believe in gatekeeping information. <laughs> I really believe in sharing as much information as possible to help other people become successful. And, you know, through information that we've consumed, whether that's watching YouTube videos, listening to podcasts, reading books, um, different reports, articles, whatever, going to seminars, you know, if we all can collectively combine the knowledge and um, the tips and tricks and habits and whatever we have gained from these different sources and put them all together in our little community. Think about like the time that we could save and the research, like we're combining those resources and just like cutting down on the time that it would take one individual to consume all of that content, to go to all of those, you know, seminars, to go through all of those courses. I think it would, it, I just really love the idea of sharing as much information as we can to help other people. And what isn't the harm in sharing something, you know, like maybe out of these 10 habits, something will click for you. Like maybe even one of them will click for you. And you're like, you know what? 
that makes a lot of sense. I'm going to try doing this for a month and see how that changes my routine, changes my schedule, um, helps me out during the day or whatever it might be. Um, so I hope that you guys will try these and I hope that they work for you. Um, yeah, so let's get into it. All right. So number one, first things first, most of the top leaders in our community, they have some sort of schedule or routine. Um, this might seem obvious and you might think that you even have one, um, but they really have like kind of strict routines and schedules that they stick to. Um, and it's like the same thing every day, week to week. So they have the same, you know, schedule for sourcing. They have the same schedule for listing and they also have the same schedule like throughout their lives. So, you know, if they have kids, um, maybe their kids are in, you know, daycare or being watched by a grandparent or something like that on the same days of the week. So here's the thing. If you stick to a routine, if you stick to a schedule, it's actually going to reduce the amount of stress in your life. <laughs> this was like a light bulb moment for me when I started thinking about it. I'm like, wow, I could really eliminate a ton of stress in my life if I just stuck to the same schedule all the time. And I was thinking back to different times in my life when I had a more like strict schedule. So for instance, um, I, there was a time in my life when I was training to compete in like bodybuilding competitions and I was working in the car business at the time as well. I lived by myself in this like tiny little apartment and I had my Husky D at that time as well. She was much younger as, as was I. So my schedule at the car dealership was either eight to four 12 to 8. And then we had to work every single Saturday and we alternated Sundays. So my day off during the week was Tuesdays. And I wouldn't have to work on Tuesdays unless it was the end of the month. So there were, you know, sometimes when, especially if it was like my Sunday to work, I was working, you know, Monday through the next like Tuesday without without a day off. Um, sometimes if it was like really busy, I would have to work the second to last Tuesday. Also, it was just kind of expected of you. So anyways, I most often got out of work at 8 PM. I only had one day that I ended at 4 PM and the rest were like 8 PM Saturday. We left at six and Sunday we left at four. So most of my days I would end at the dealership at 8 PM. Uh, I had, you know, Saturdays we left at six or until like the last customer left Sundays, we left at four. And then I had one more eight to four day during the week. We were there, like we were there a lot. I would leave there. I would go straight to the gym, which was kind of like on my way home. And on the days that I was done at eight. I was at the gym until it closed at 11. And as we got closer to competition time, I would actually stay with the owner. He was a wrestler. And so he, when he would have matches, like he would stay pretty late and, um, you know, like we would just kind of work out and do our own thing. And when he was done, ready to go, he'd come and tell me and then, you know, he'd lock up and walk me out to my car. So, and then I'd go home, I would eat my last two meals, hang out with D, you know, try to relax, get my stuff together for the next day and then do it all over again the next day. Um, it was, it was crazy, but that was the schedule and that worked for me. I was eating the same exact thing every single day for every single meal. And I'm going to get into that in a minute. But, you know, having a schedule that was the same from day to day and week to week, 
it really did reduce the stress. And as I got closer to the competition, I realized how grateful I was for that. It was less that I had to, you know, figure out less I had to fit into my day. Everything was the same. So, you know, let's relate this back to reselling as your business grows and grows and grows, which is, you know, maybe your goal. Um, as you're making more money, you're getting more inventory, you're adding more helpers, you're going to have more stresses. Like that's just how life is as you get older. You know, when we think back to when we were kids, We had such little stress and so few responsibilities when we were younger, when we were kids, right? And the older you get, the more responsibility you have. And it's like the same thing in your business. The older your business gets, the longer you have your business for. It's like we take on more and more and more. So if you can establish a really good schedule routine now, wherever you are at in your business, it's just going a year from now, you're going to see how much that has helped in the last year. All right. So the second thing that the top leaders are doing is they are constantly refining and honing their processes and procedures. So if they, you know, are finding that there's a little tweak that they need to make in order to make something more efficient, they're going to do that. So when I was writing this out for the show today, writing out my notes, I had in mind when I wrote this actual tip was Uh, Amazon lit from Instagram. And if you follow Eric, he is, he is an amazing Amazon uh, reseller. He's built his business from the ground up. His story is absolutely amazing. I've heard it a couple of times and he just, I remember hearing him speak one time and he was talking about how he would go through his warehouse and watch, you know, the employees working and trying to figure out how he could save them time in their processes. So, you know, if they are using bubble wrap and tape, for instance, right. Um, and the bubble wrap, every time they need the bubble wrap, they have to take two or three steps to like the next part of the table they're working at to get the bubble wrap and then bring it back over to where they are. Or maybe it's like on one of those, you know, it's on a permanent, it's at a permanent station. So it's like on a roll and then they have to bring the item over to the bubble wrap. Every time they're taking those two or three steps to go to that next position, it's like wasted time. So he was looking at ways that he could reduce that wasted time within his warehouse. And I forget what it was. This was a couple of years when I heard him speaking about this, but they ended up saving so much time with each individual employee. It upped the whole warehouses productivity, like an insane amount. It was just absolutely crazy by just making these tiny little simple tweaks, like moving the tape dispenser, moving the station over slightly. So it's, you know, the person and the objects are closer to the bubble wrap, which is stationary and, you know, it permanently fixed in its place. Like just these little things that we don't think about, you know, and when I was thinking about like my own business right now, things are, you know, slightly chaotic because I have things everywhere as we're packing and getting ready to move. But I'm also trying to think about what I can do in the next house that we're moving into to make things more efficient and refined and easier and less, you know, I'm wasting less time between those tasks. So for instance, right now, I'm looking like over to my left. I have a desk over here in front of me and that has my scale. It has my label printer. Um, it has my measuring tape. It has some packing tape and some scissors. <laughs> 
However, all of my boxes and poly mailers and bubble mailers and all of that, like packing material is upstairs on the opposite end of the house, which in hindsight makes zero sense. Why would they, these two things that I need for shipping be in completely separate places? So knowing what I know now and thinking back to what Eric was saying when I listened to him speak, like I should have made this change before. I need to make sure that all of my shipping stuff is in like the same place. So I don't need to like go upstairs, get my poly mailer, come back downstairs, weigh it, measure it, print the label, and then like walk out to the kitchen and put it on the bench so I don't forget it when I walk out the door. So that's just like one example of something that I'm going to do uh, to help, you know, refine um, some of the processes in my business. And I, you know, I'll ultimately have a better setup in the next house. Everything will be able to be down in the basement and like kind of out of the way and all organized in one nice, neat little spot. So uh, really looking forward to that. There's one more thing that I wanted to add to uh, tip number two is, you know, the definition of insanity. I'm sure you guys have all heard this, but the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, but expecting different results. So if doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results is insanity, you know, like we need to think about how that relates to our business as well. If I'm, you know, let's go back to me and like the shipping stuff. I'm always like <laughs> running upstairs with whatever I'm shipping to make sure that I have a box that it fits in um, or a bubble mailer, or whatever, you know, whatever I'm using for packing materials that day. And then I'm running back downstairs and it just like, that's just crazy. I could save myself so much time. So knowing that, like, why, why do I keep doing the same thing over and over when I know, I know I'm smarter than that. I know that I could save a lot of time by just making sure that all of my shipping stuff is in the same spot. So this is the stuff that you really need to examine and look hard at when you're evaluating your business. All right. So number three, they do things to avoid decision-making fatigue. And as an example of this, that would be like wearing the same clothing every day, not like the same exact clothing, but you know, they have like the same shirt, like six of the same shirts, six of the same jeans or whatever. Uh, they're eating the same few meals. So basically the point of this is to take the guesswork out, take the decision-making part out of these tasks that you have to do day in and day out, like eating, like making sure you go to bed on time, uh, drinking water, you know, they're doing the same thing. So they don't have to really make the decision and think about it. So um, we, you know, this is one of the things that drives me nuts every single week is trying to decide what the heck we're eating for dinner every night. I, I like to cook. I love food. I love making food. I like trying new things. We love going out to dinner. I like grocery shopping, the part that I cannot stand is trying to figure out what the heck to make every single night. If someone else decided for me, that would be incredible. So what I started to do, I have like a master list in the notes section of my phone and all the meals that we like and enjoy all the time, I just write it down in the notes. And then when you know Sunday comes around and I'm making the meal plan for the week, I just look back at my notes. I'm like, oh, we haven't had that in a little while. Let's have tacos. Let's have roast beef, like whatever it is, grilled chicken. And we just kind of pick from the same list every single week. And I do sometimes if I have the time, if, you know, if I'm able to, I'll throw something new into the schedule. But 
I'll throw something new into the into the plan. And I do like trying new things. But right now with how crazy life is, I just need to make sure that we're fed. And hopefully it's something relatively healthy. So I'm just picking from the same things, basically, you know, the same whatever it is, like 15, 20 meals. I also wear pretty much the same thing every single day to a certain extent. I pretty much always wear jeans. I have I order the same slides all the time. I have like a ton of pairs of like the same black slides. Um, I wear them around the house in the winter also with like socks on. They're comfortable. They get the job done. Um, they go with pretty much everything. I, you know, obviously have sneakers and stuff like that. But if I'm just like going about my day, going about my business and there's nothing like special going on, I want to wear the same thing. And then I have, you know, some hoodies. I have some t-shirts, some like graphic t-shirts. I pretty much wear the same type of clothing every single day. And I just, I know what I like. I know what works. I know what fits. I know what I'm comfortable in. And I just pick from those things. There's nothing, you know, I'm not like getting all dressed up and like, (laughs) you know, a blouse and a skirt and stuff like that every single day. Like that's just not me. I'm not going to be able to do the things that I need to do. Like all dressed up, like I was going to, you know, my, a corporate office setting or whatever. So I need to make sure that I can get my stuff done with what I'm wearing and also not spend a lot of time making that decision first thing in the morning. I need my mind free and clear to like make other decisions, not spending 10, 15 minutes trying to figure out, does this go with this? Is this going to look okay? I already know that it looks okay. Throw it on. Let's go. Let's move on to the next thing. All right. Number four, they take care of themselves. They eat pretty well. They drink enough water. They make sure that they're getting enough sleep at night and they move their bodies. So I think as like a whole in the reselling community, uh, we do not take good enough care of ourselves. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm just going to say it. I know that I personally don't. And in the last year, I've really started to go down like the health and wellness, like rabbit hole journey again. Um, I've been trying different things. I've been going to acupuncture, um, you know, getting blood work done regularly. I just started trying this new, (laughs) new to me that thing called cryotherapy. So they throw you in a chamber and put like a ton of really cold air into the chamber. It's like, I think it was negative 187 degrees last time I went in last week. Um, And it's to help like reduce pain and inflammation and stuff like that. Um, I'm trying to drink a lot more water. Um, I'm trying to make sure that I go to bed earlier as well. If you've listened to other episodes or have heard me on my Instagram on my Instagram stories, you've probably heard me talk about my cat, Birdie, who for some unknown reason truly believes in her heart and soul that it is, it's her, it's her duty, really. It's her job. It's the one job she was put on this earth for to wake me up every day at 4.30 in the morning. And she does it without fail. Sometimes she's even early. Sometimes it's like 4 or 3.30. And the problem is that we can't just shut the door because she'll sit out there and just scream at the door. Um, and then she'll wake up everyone. So she comes in the room, she meows, she'll like sit like right in my face and like breathe in my face. And I have to get up and I go downstairs, I make my coffee, I drink my water. And sometimes I'm able to fall back asleep, like on the couch and she's happy about that, but sometimes she's not. So I make sure that I go to bed early enough, knowing that I will most likely be woken up at 4.30. So I need to make sure that I get enough sleep. Sleep is so underrated. And I think that 
it's underrated because as like a generation, we have been exposed to a lot of content around hustle culture. And some of that content um, is actually pretty uh, like toxic and unhealthy, to be honest with you. So, you know, waking up at 4.30 when you went to bed at, you know, midnight or one o'clock because you were up so late working, that's just not healthy and you're not going to function very well. We need sleep so we can show up better. We can be better people and we can make better decisions. The people around us, the people in our lives are counting on us to be the best versions of ourselves and sleep is a huge part of that. So make sure you guys are getting enough sleep. All right. So number five is that they are always looking to better themselves. They're always seeking new information and trying something new. A long time ago, I start, I think I talked about this in like the last mindset episode that I did, but a long time ago, I started in on like learning more about myself, learning more about like mindset, learning how I can just basically better myself as a human being. I wanted to be the best version of myself that I could be. And I didn't like some of the things that I was doing, some of the thoughts that I was having, and I wanted to change that. And it really came down to um, changing the way that I was thinking, the thought, you know, and purposefully thinking different thoughts. If I thought something that I didn't like, or that was making me feel a certain way, I would literally stop myself in my tracks and purposefully think a different thought. Like, no, we are not thinking this way. We are thinking this way instead. And I would repeat it in my head a couple of times. And before you know it, like I was like rewiring my neural pathways and stuff into like thinking more positively and having a better outlook on things. And I wasn't thinking so negatively anymore. And it took a long time and it took a lot of work and intention, but it can be done. And that was, you know, one of the things that I was personally focused on. I also like listening to audiobooks while I'm working, while I'm sourcing, while I'm out running around, you know, grocery shopping or whatever. Um, I like kind of like killing two birds with one stone, if that makes sense. If I'm doing something that doesn't need my full attention, like driving from the house to the grocery store, obviously I'm paying attention while I'm driving guys, you know, but you know what I mean? Like I can multitask. I can do two things at once. I can drive and listen to an audiobook. Um, and I mentioned it before, but right now I'm listening to the ultra ego effect, which is absolutely fascinating to me. You guys should definitely, definitely take a look and see if you can uh, download that or get a hard copy for yourselves to read. So anyways, the point is, is that they're not just satisfied and happy with the information that they already know. Um, they're always looking to learn new things, even about, you know, new brands, um, new trends. They're looking on TikTok, exploring the different trends that are, that are out there right now. They're not just happy with the information that they already know. They're always looking to consume more. Number six, if something isn't working or if there's a problem in their business or even in their lives, they do not let their emotions get the best of them. They're going to look at the problem from an analytical perspective, and then they're going to try new strategies or problem-solving skills until they get their desired results. So when I was thinking about this habit or tip that um, I wanted to talk about with you guys. I was thinking specifically of Ashley Wheeler, Ashley Wheeler of eight. We had her um, on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. We interviewed her. She, the way that her brain works, I just, I love it. I absolutely love it. 
you know, if something's not working for her, she's not going to just like abandon it and give up on it. She's going to try to come at it from an analytical point of view and like look at the hard data and then make decisions based on that. So she's not, you know, making emotional decisions in her business. She's looking at factual information and then making the decisions. Number seven is that they're going to use the tools that they're given on each platform. They find ways to make these platforms work for them. They research and learn all of the platforms ins and outs. So I can't tell you guys how many times I see questions on, you know, online, um, in these different Facebook groups and stuff, people asking really basic questions about how Poshmark works or how, you know, eBay works. Like, do I have to ship out this eBay order? Like, yes, yes, you have to ship out the eBay order. You listed it for sale. Someone purchased it. It's now your obligation <laughs> to ship it out to them. You know, um, just like really silly things of not understanding how the platform works. And I believe that, you know, it's okay to not know things, but if you are going to go ahead and jump into selling on Poshmark, let's use this as an example. If you're going to decide to sell on Poshmark, it is your duty to know what the rules of the platform are and how the platform works and operates. So you don't have to know every single thing about Poshmark and selling on Poshmark, but you do, you do need to know how it works, what the rules are, how it operates, what your obligations are as a seller on that platform. And I hope that makes sense. Above and beyond that, you know, above and beyond the basics, what the top people are doing though is that they're using the tools that the platforms give to them. So let's, let's talk about live sales again. Again, we talked a lot about this with Ashley when she was on the podcast, Ashley Wheeler, a couple episodes back. She, realized that live sales could be a huge opportunity for her and it has completely transformed her business. If you guys haven't listened to that episode, I really truly highly recommend it. And I know there's mixed feelings about the live sales on Poshmark right now, but you guys, it was really eye-opening to me. And when we're in the new place, I think I'm going to try to do one myself because I need to clear out some of this inventory. And I think it would be a really great way to do that. And maybe I'll fall in love with it. And that'll be like my main way of selling on Poshmark. So instead of, you know, complaining about the live sales and complaining about how, you know, maybe her emotional response would be live sales are killing regular sales on Poshmark. That's an emotional response to something, not, you know, a factual or analytical response to it. She has found a way to make Poshmark work for her by using live sales to sell her inventory. So guys, just use the tools that you're given. eBay has so many features that a lot of people don't even know about. Uh, they have, you can write a newsletter to your customers on eBay. You could create a newsletter that goes out to your customers and include a coupon. Like that's insane. That's crazy. We should all be doing that if we're serious about our eBay business. There's just little things like that, like that, that are out there that a lot of people, they just don't take advantage of, but these platforms have these tools on there because they want you to use them and they will probably reward you for doing so. Number eight is they have very clear goals and a vision for themselves and their businesses. So when I wrote this down, I had 
Ashley Hines, uh, Revive Tribe on Instagram. I had her in mind. She, every single year, she creates a vision board for herself and her business. And I just love this idea. Um, I've watched her do it year after year, and I've watched her chucking all of these things off her vision board left and right. It is it's actually insane how uh, crazy it works, how well it works. And this girl knows what she wants and she's not stopping until she gets it. So she has insanely clear goals for her business. If you don't follow her, you definitely should. She's like killing eBay. She has a crazy goal right now. Well, it's not really crazy. It's an amazing goal right now. I think she's trying to hit $25,000 for her 90 day total. And she is absolutely going to crush that goal. So making sure that you have a vision of where you want to go from where you are right now is going to help make it very clear the path that you need to take to get there. If she was just kind of floundering around like, oh, I'm going to sell on eBay and not have any clear goals and you know, maybe 25,000 as her 90 day total isn't like That's not like even a blip on her radar. She's not even thinking about that. She's not going to raise up to that goal. She might fall short of that because she hasn't even thought about that goal yet. I hope what I'm saying is making sense. So let's say, you know, if her goal is 25,000, she's going to do activities and have routines and schedules and habits in place to get her to that $25,000 goal. But if she didn't have a goal at all, she probably wouldn't be anywhere close to that. I hope that makes sense. Without goals and without a vision of where we want to go from here, we're just kind of slumping and sulking around in the universe. We're not going anywhere. We're just existing. Number nine is that the most successful people are always looking to help other people. They're always reaching a hand down to help pull others up. There really is something to helping teach others how to do something. It's basically reaffirming what you already know, what you already know how to do. And when you teach someone how to do something, it's just like kind of ingraining that into your brain. And it sort of starts to become like second nature, if that makes sense. So I remember when I was working in this door-to-door company, I've talked about this a couple of times, we had this pitch that we would use depending on, you know, what um, what we were selling that day. So if it was a pizza place, for example, the, the name of the owner would change and the pizza place would change. The coupons might change, but for the most part, you know, the coupon books would pretty much be the same thing. So let me see if I remember the pitch for you guys. I've probably said it. Oh my gosh. I don't even know. I've probably said it 50,000 times in my life. It would be, you know, hi there. My name is Ashley. I'm just stopping by real quick on behalf of Mark's Pizzeria. The owner, Mark, is doing this special for all of his loyal customers. I'm sure if you're anything like your neighbors down the street, you guys probably order from them all the time. Then you put the coupon book in their hand. If you decide to purchase this book for $25, you're going to get two free large pizzas to wipe out the entire cost of the book. After that, anytime you purchase a large pizza, you're going to get a free medium cheese pizza as well. They also have all these other coupons. so So if you buy a dozen wings, you might get another dozen wings for free. If you buy a cold sub, you'll get another cold sub for free. It's deals like that all throughout this book. 
Your neighbor, Linda, down the street actually purchased five. So I gave her one for free. What she said she was going to do is she's going to wrap the books around wine bottles, tie it with a cute little bow and give it to all of her girlfriends for Christmas and their birthdays this coming year, which she thought was like a really cool, easy and super useful gift. So how many did you want? Did you want to do the five pack or did you just want two? And most, uh, more often than not, people would get the five and then I would give them one for free because one wasn't an option that they heard. <laughs> because I said that pitch thousands and thousands of times, I got to the point where I had done so well within the company and I was selling so much. I was building a team underneath me of other people and I was teaching them that pitch. And if they were new, it was my goal to have them have that pitch memorized for whatever location we were working on that day. I wanted to have them have that pitch memorized by the end of the day. So they could recite it back to me with their eyes closed. Like they weren't cheating. They weren't looking at their notes, nothing. They could say it as fluently as I could. In teaching this pitch to other people, I was able to kind of see the nuances in the pitch and like where people were breaking down. I was kind of also able to work on like the tiny little details in my pitch, like body language, voice inflection, when I made eye contact with them, when I decided to point, at what point I decided to take the kuha and look away from them or give it to them and put it in their hands. I could work on all of those tiny little details because when I was teaching someone else, it sort of gave me a clearer vision of what was going on inside of that pitch, if that makes sense. So when you're helping other people in reselling and you're teaching them, you know, about item specifics, let's say on eBay and why they're so important and what this means and what that means and how to create the perfect title for, you know, SEO optimized listings. That is reaffirming the knowledge that you already have. And it's just going to kind of become second nature, um, which I mean, there, there's definitely a value to that. So then you're never like second guessing yourself either. On top of that, helping other people um, is just like a good thing to do in general. You know what I mean? Like, why wouldn't we want to help other people? Um, I think this comes from, you know, the, the people who tend to gatekeep the people who tend to not want to share information or not want to help others. I think they're coming from a place of scarcity um, and thinking that there's not enough to go around. Um, it's the the reselling you know community is oversaturated. There's too many resellers out there. Um, I'm losing money because there's more and more resellers every single year. And that's just that's just not true. That's another emotional response to something else that's going on with them. The people that I have seen in this community that have helped other people over and over and over again, they are the most successful ones in the reselling community. And there's there's just no doubt about that. All right. Number 10, last, but definitely not least, they do not consume a lot of content at all. And they almost always consume zero negative content. So these people are staying completely away from drama and gossip and negativity. They most definitely don't get sucked into, you know, sitting and watching hours and hours of the news. They're not looking for negativity either. They also, you know, there's positive content out there as well, but they're probably not consuming a ton of that. They might be listening to, you know, their favorite podcast once a day. They're definitely not spending hours and hours though, like doom scrolling, um, watching other resellers. You know, they might have a couple of favorites that they check in with people in the community that, you know, maybe they're 
accountability partners with, something like that. But they're definitely not just like consuming content for the sake of consuming content. They're, you know, they have a, a stricter schedule than that. They're onto like other bigger and better things. They know that the scroll is addicting um, and it's way too easy to get sucked in. So they just don't do it. So what I've started doing, I have a timer on my Instagram app. I have like one hour a day, like that's it. And once my timer, you know, once my time is up for the day, that's it. Um, I, I'm obviously like I can get back into the app if I really needed to, if I like needed to finish a message or something, but I try, you know, once the time is up, um, I try not to get back into Instagram. I, that's where I found I've spent the majority of my time, like wasting time. So I really needed to put a stop to that. So the timer does help. Um, sometimes there are days when I'm creating content, like posting reels or stories or something like that. And I need a little bit more than an hour, but I really try to plan ahead and not, not take more than an hour on Instagram every single day. All right. So I hope that you guys liked this episode. If there is a great example of a top leader in the reselling community that you follow or look up to, and they have a habit that you think should be added to this list, definitely let us know what it is. If you have someone that you look up to in the reselling community, if they are a top leader among us, definitely know if they have any habits that you think should be added to this list. And we will see you guys in the next episode. All right, guys, that's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Paycheck to Daycheck Reselling Podcast. Anything we mentioned in this episode will be linked down below in the show notes or description down below. Be sure to share this episode with anyone you think it will help and follow us on social media at P2D Podcast. Thanks again for listening. Keep working towards that daycheck.